0: In, in terms of my karate, I think um, I, I think well, I've been rejected a couple of times, so so like that is always best thing that ever happened because it's like okay, right? Okay, this is gonna boost me again. I, this is gonna it's gonna kind of keep me going, you know, and keep make, making me more focused, more focused.
1: Jordan, and welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. The Invisible Sensei represents the master and all of us. Style is a construct. The path is personal, with mountains, valleys and rivers to cross. You are the sensei, the student, the beginner, or the master. Here are my thoughts on how I walk, run, stumble, and stand through mine. Feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and remember, it's not what we say when everyone's listening, it's what we practice when no one is watching that creates your invisible sensei.
0: Like in in terms of my karate, I think um, I, I think well I've been rejected a couple of times. So so like that is always the best thing that ever happened because it's like, okay, right, okay, this is gonna boost me again. I, this is gonna it's gonna kind of keep me going, you know, and keep make, making me more focused and more focused. I came I left the instructors course physically knowing what I I do or physically knowing karate physically knowing my karate you know you train that intensity and you get that connection with your body so i knew it and then and then i you know i was i was a 29 year old fourth dan arrived back in in europe and uh and i wasn't japanese and i was trying to build up the jks and at the time there was one other club in europe that was jks and club in switzerland and that was it uh and you know the the uh I set up the, the JKSGB in Ireland and we had, we had two dojos over here and two dojos in, in England, and that was it. And I was like, okay, how am I going to make my mark? And it was about taking what I physically knew and trans- tra- taking physical intelligence and trying to translate that to, to uh, conceptual intelligence that I could explain uh, and help. And, and that initially started with biomechanics. Okay, this is what your body does. And, and this is what I'm doing. And, and over the years, that's morphed and morphed. And, and there still still is a lot of that. But um, yeah, I think as my understanding of karate and my own karate increases, then then I, uh, I, I kind of have drifted a little bit more away from the, the bog standard nuts and bolts of karate, uh, of, of physical movement and, and a little bit more nuanced. So like, like now I, I talk quite a bit about the fascia, even though that's kind of like debatable whether it works
1: or not, uh, and a little bit more about kind of internalizing it. So, so yeah, that's changed. Make fascia great again. That's all I'm going to say about that. Make fascia great again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have a like, I have a uh, well, Steve Ubel Sensei, who's a who's a great inspiration to mine, uh, who trained with Nakayama Sensei and, and lives in in uh, San Diego. He's like rubbish. Nothing to do with it. I have a, I have a, a friend, student of mine, who's a a showdown, but is also a, um, a specialist surgeon. Um, at the sports clinic in the big sports clinic in Ireland, and uh, and he's like, nah, it doesn't, it's nothing. And then I'll talk to some some other people, like I was at a physio, my my physio the other day, and he's uh, completely about fascia, all about fascia. Uh, so you know, I, I I I just think that web across your body, like it's yes, it can't be tensed, and and yes, you can't kind of control it, but but you know, those chain reactions can be used. And I, and I think you've got to go beyond just the physicality of, of moving the muscles of your limb in order for your, your limb to create power. I think you, the, the whole kind of wave of, of creating movement is, is a much more effective way because we're always fighting. We're always fighting uh, kind of the, the tension of your muscle, which robs speed. You know, we have, to use, we have to tense our muscle in order to fire it and then instantly relax it and and the, the more you tense, it's going to rob speed and and, and speed is the is the engine of power. so uh, yeah, work in progress.
1: It's interesting yeah. you talk about you talk about um, relaxation because it kind of brings me neatly to talking about your wonderful book um, karate Stupid. Now you it's termed if you look on the cover, it's a, a true story of survival, I got it a couple of years ago yeah. and really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed it because, In Māori culture, in my culture, there's a a thing called tohe. Tohe means a rite of passage. And when I read that, I'm going, my gosh, I'm learning about this man's rite of passage. Um, There was some wheeling, there was some dealing, there was some anxiety, depression, um, physical ailments, um, brutality, friendship. It's a really, if you get a chance to read it, I will put it, here i'm going to put it here so you can see it okay so get to it and the follow-up book you talked about a particular sensei that you trained with and his whole speciality during that period of time was moving at a very very slow pace a very relaxed almost tai chi-esque and you described how when he actually applied it you said and i hope you don't mind um you did say that it was you felt like it was one of the hardest blows you'd ever received can you kind of expand on that a little bit i mean and that must have been an interesting an interesting yeah. experience you know i used all
0: i used all different names in the book but um the the person i was like so i can't remember <laughs> i can't remember what i called him in the book so i'll just call him by his real name uh isaka sensei so isaka sensei he was uh an old J- uh, jk instructor and then he, he moved to the uh he was the, then when the split happened he was with the Asai sensei fraction of the JK and then when uh, we lost the court case and, and called ourselves JKS that's, there was a split again he went with Yohara sensei for a while and now he's just kind of independent um, and he, he was a unique character a really unique character and uh, I never I never trained up with him on the instructor's course but leading up to getting the instructor's course I trained with him every week and um, he he was very mindful of everything that he did. I, I mean, very unique in the whole, not only his karate, but his whole lifestyle and, and, and how he lived. He was like, almost like a, a, a monk in his, uh, in his life, you know? Very austere, very, very austere life um and he would work a lot on his his back muscles and how to kind of manipulate his like rhomboid muscles and and using them to kind of create this wave and and it would all be a, that slow micro control uh, of his body um and and it being a i was would have been 26 26 at the time training with him throughout period um i, I often thought like what am i doing well, i know what i'm doing i'm coming to this class just so I can get on the instructor's course. I'm showing my face at every single class I can, just so someone will go, oh, well, he's keen, let's let him on the instructor's course. But th- th- there the value ended. Until, until he hit me that time. Blindingly fast, three hits, dun, 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 can like feeling like that. And and I thought, well, Jesus, like I didn't even see that happen. Uh, you know, then you start to think, well, hang on, there must be something in this. And and I mean, I kind of, at the time, dismissed it because then I was, you know, to the next class and then to the next class and then on the instructor's course. And it was only when I left Japan, I guess, and started to kind of think about what I was doing and how I was doing it that I looked back at those classes and thought, okay, now it resonates a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of, I think... So it's often in my life, like I, I've come across these these people who who have specialised in in such a dedicated myopic way that I go along and I kind of feel guilty from for, by gleaming off what they've developed and going thank you very much I'm going to take that now they give it freely or you know you're like in some cases you're paying for the privilege of learning from them. And so they're getting from, you know, but generally speaking, I've been exceptionally lucky by very senior instructors teaching me what they have. And and all that knowledge, what they have has been really hard earned through a whole host of of severe and austere uh, kind of factors of their life. And then I take it on board and go, right, well, that's I'm gonna incorporate that into my karate now. and, but sometimes like, especially with Isaka sensei, they've done it to the, the detriment of any other aspect of not only the karate, but maybe also their life. And so, you know, so that's all Isaka sensei did was those slow movements. Now, um, at the end of the day, he could produce the results, but I think karate is far more wider than what he, he did. But the thing that he did focus on, he developed to such an extreme level that then people like me and other people could then glean from that and incorporate into their their karate.
1: If you get a chance to read this book seriously, um, for me, it's blood, sweat and tears. And now going back to the rite of passage, did you learn from that experience, would you say you learned what to do or what not to do? I would argue
0: that there was nothing that I learned or experience on the instructor's course that would say right I'm never going to do that because all of them now so okay so there's lots of things that I wouldn't do so like the severity and the uh bullying bullying the 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 hazing the kind of pushing i think bullying bullying has a negative effect right it has a negative connotation and i'm sure people on the outside would go well that's just bullying I would never. I don't ever consider myself being bullied. I was being pushed in the extreme and using lots of methods that, that would that work in order to push someone to the extreme. On the outside, you know, the, the, if you look at like I don't know elite forces, you know, on the outside it probably looks like they're being bullied, you know, when they're when they're being pushed, but um, but on the inside it's like now the this is what needs to be done. So, so I, would never, I would never say bullied, but what I would say is that they were, they were doing the best they could do in the circumstances that they were in. And I hold no animosity to, to any of them. Even what happened afterwards, I would I'd hold no animosity because, because they were just doing the best they could do in the circumstances they want and they continue to want to produce some of the physically best karateka in the world and that's what they do and that's how you have to do it, I would argue and I'm sure sure there's lots of people that would argue that there's other ways and that might be true too but within the culture, within the circumstances within the environment that is the instructor's course that's probably a a good way to do it So, uh, so I wouldn't take I wouldn't I wouldn't come away and go that doesn't work because it obviously does. What I would come away with and going, right, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to try to emulate the instructor's course in Japan, in in Ireland? Well, or do I want to treat regular students like I was treated? Well, obviously not, because my desire, my set, my goals are very different. I want to have a functioning community a healthy functioning community that is uh, is you know spread out all over, well now spread out all over the world so how do i do that i, I can't replicate what happened in japan because it it wouldn't produce the same results um but i would replicate certain elements of it and so you know morning training my instructors training at the dojo and the, the guys that kind of and women that take part in that then um then that I'm taking certain elements of it, but not all of it. Um, that's not to say that I then, the things that I leave behind, I reject as not working. They just produce different results that I'm not really particularly interested in.
1: I, I just want to sort of say, well, one this, I really enjoyed the book it was actually, came at a really good time in my life in terms of just keeping me motivated. It terrified the shit out of me. The I, Some of the stuff you went through, I, I'm not a huge fan of some of the hazing and just the straight-out bullying i don't like the whole senpai kohai i like i understand the senpai kohai relationship but i don't like the way that it is twisted and i think that that's one it's really nice to hear that you talked about when we when i was on your podcast we talked you talked about you know the desire to create brothers and sisters rather than um fathers and mothers so to speak you know people who sit on pedestals which i really like and i think that's what senpai kohai is about so, you spend a lot of the You've you've spent a bit of time in Okinawa. You take your students to Okinawa. Okay. So I guess why and what is it? Uh, well, why I'm an and Gouraudu. I love Okinawa and Gouraudu. Blah blah. So preaching to the choir. But that seems to be something which is quite odd, considering that for Shotokan, main, you know, seemingly mainland style, mm. um, that you would give them that experience. Why? What is the difference and, yeah, what are your general
0: thoughts? When I initially went to, I I was first in Okinawa in 2007 and it was for the, the JKS uh, World Championships. Uh, And it was 50 years uh, anniversary of Funakoshi Sensei's passing and and there was a big um, kind of monument kind of dedicated to him and we had the World Championships. And so at that time it was just, uh, we had a seminar in the Budokan, Shotokan seminar and then World Championships uh but you know it was it's okay now it's beautiful you know it's like tropical paradise you know certainly back in 2007 like it was not like what it is today you know um and so i always had a a, an an inkling of going back And, and and then in 2013 which was the last trip that i took to japan uh which which i was jks um i we, you know, I'd take a trip every single year to Japan and we'd go to the Honbu Dojo and we'd do the training. Intense, tough training, but basic training. And then we'd visit a few sensei in different dojos and then we'd finish with some nice break R&R R type place. And, uh, and I just wanted something different, because like, I, I, was, I was taking trips to Japan every single year. I was taking two weeks out of my life, taking two weeks away from my family, and you know, I didn't get paid for it. Uh, you know, it was it was a it was it was something that I had to do, but I had to, I also wanted to make sure it was something I wanted to do. And so I I was constantly looking for you know, like Simon Bly says, you know, great adventures. And uh, and so I was looking for something interesting. And so I I just I got a contact in Japan uh, in Okinawa, uh, Stephen Lyons and. And I was like, okay, if we go, can we, can we, you know, go to different dojo, different schools? And and he's like, yeah, no problem. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, okay, great. I want to do Goju Ryu, and I want to do Shito Ryu. He's like, yeah, no problem. Blah blah blah. A couple of days here, a couple of days there. And I was like, okay, this is great. So we went in 2013, and it was just amazing. And I I did expect going go to train with these guys, looking for, I wonder what's different. And all I could see was similarities. Oh yeah, that's what we do. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what we do. And and certain things were reinforced. Like so like an obvious example would be like the idea of Shime. Uh like very few people, maybe a bit now, but very few people were talking about it within the Shotokan world. Like I used to teach a little bit of it and and but it wasn't mainstream particularly. And and then and then I was I went to Okinawa and and it was all about Shimei. You keep that shime. I was like, oh okay. Kind of gave me confidence to go, right, I'm gonna talk about this more, you know? And and um so yeah. Just similarities, and everything else was su- the only differences were superficial. Oh, we do this cutter, you know, we do we do this kind of uh, movement. Uh, that's just superficial nonsense.
1: You know, uh, ev- everything on a fundamental basis was was the same. Well, you have described yourself. I don't think you walk around with it, with it on a t-shirt as being essentially an optimist, and it kind of comes through in your writing. It comes through in your karate, and also comes through in the relationship that you have with um, your senior students. You've created the HDKI, so you've done um, a number of things. So you've you've you you're an author. So you've done karate karate stupid. You've done karate clever. Are you karate wise yet? <laughs> um, so no. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write. I am gonna write a a, 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 make it a trilogy at some point. So and it'll be Karate Adventures. That's the, uh, that's the, 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 the last in the, in the long suffering trilogy of my autobiography. Uh, and, and I'm just, uh, I'm just waiting for me to have enough uh, life experience to, to write about. You know, um, certainly, first, first book was five years, five year period. Second book was a 10 year period. Uh and like I think the the last installment will be a 10, 15 year period. So so kind of going whole end of the WTK period and the and the 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 creation and building hopefully of the of the HDKI. And it seems to be going in the, in that direction. So yeah, but certainly not karate wise, karate adventures. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be I'd rather be a bumbling idiot having a karate adventure than than a a, a wise guy going oh yeah I know everything like, like who, who's that guy no one's that guy. So.